do it. Let's get it popping. Melanated family, what's up, everybody? This is your brother Harrison. Back for a brand new episode of the Melanated Convo Podcast. Excuse me, how's everybody doing? Let's get into it today, man. So today, there will be no guest. I'm going at this thing solo today. You feel me, family? So no guests this episode, but in the coming weeks, of course, I got a lot of new guests available for you guys. I got a lot of old guests available for you guys. I got some surprises coming up here in a few weeks. You feel me? So I'm excited to be back, family. Again, I'm doing the so I'm doing the show solo today, taking this thing to the neck. If, please do me a favor, man, and go to the melanatedcombo.com. Melanatedcombo.com is where you can find all the information about the show. Um, if you have not watched the last episode with my brother Chris Lodgson, my brother Chris Lodgson from CJEC, I think it's the Coalition for a Just and Equitable California, I think is the name of the organization. But the organization he's working with is pushing to get reparations for black people in California. Of course, if this goes through, it is spread across the entire country. So, so that's important. That's why I continue to have that brother on the show. Um, us getting that check, us being repaid for what America done to us is important. You feel me? So if you haven't watched that show yet, go to... Melanated Convo, The Melanated Convo on YouTube. You can go to The Melanated Convo on Facebook. You can go to my personal Facebook page, which is Harrison Anderson on Facebook. All these places you can find that show. Audio space as well, family. We're in the audio space. So if you like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all these different places you can find the show. So let's get into it. Today we're going to talk a little bit about, I was just mentioning my brother, Chris, who was on the show speaking about reparations, we're going to get into a little bit of that at the beginning of the show because there's some updates that has taken place that I want you guys to be cognizant of. Then we'll talk a little bit about the Irv Gotti situation and, you know, just my message to young black men in that type of situation. Because that was a bad, no, no hard feelings towards the brother, but that was a bad look for the brother. If anybody has seen Irv Gotti and Ja Rule on the Drink Chaps podcast, Bad look for the brother, how he was coming at the sister Ashanti. But I have some takeaways from that interview. You feel me? And then I have another story about a brother who is the brother of an NFL player who actually shot and killed a man at a Pop Warner football game. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. Family, I'm happy to be back, man. Please like the uh, YouTube channel, which is the Melanated Convo. Like everything I do on social media, if you're not following me on social media, it's underscore Melanated Convo uh, underscore Melanated Convo 100 is the Instagram page for this show. My personal Instagram account, <laughs> which is, again, my name is Harrison Anderson. The uh, My handle is Southpaw underscore 100, Southpaw underscore 100. Someone hacked my my personal Instagram page again has been hacked. I should be getting it back here in the next few days. And weird shit about these scammers, man. They they it, it seems a little bit useless what they be doing. You feel me? So they hacked my Instagram page and they just asking people, do they know about a grant? So I'm thinking, damn, couldn't you have created like a fake inst or created a personal Instagram page or Instagram page just for the business you're talking about? And just offer people grants. Why you gotta steal my shit just to ask people, hey, what's up? Have you heard the good news? Real booty shit, you know what I mean? But in any case, I should have my uh Instagram uh, Instagram page back here in a few days. So it's all good, family. I'm gonna be back on there sharing the info, getting getting the word out. You feel me now? 
first things first, because I was mentioning the homeboy Chris Lodgson, what I wanted to mention as well today, some news that I found out today. And again, go watch the interview with Chris Lodgson I posted a few days ago. This brother is a big advocate in the Sacramento area for reparations, a big advocate for black businesses in Sacramento, just a good brother all around. You know what I mean? So go watch that interview. But what I want to make sure everybody was aware of, because he works with the organization called the Co the Coalition for a Just and Equitable California, CJEC in short. So Gavin Newsom, because this reparations conversation, I know a lot of people in our country, black people specifically, think we're not going to get paid. Well, not black folks in, uh, specifically, but a lot of people in the country in general think that reparations for slavery will not happen. I am not one of those people. They owe us this goddamn money. I think for sure it will happen as long as enough of us get on board with this message, which is a part of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. You feel me? So Gavin Newsom. And I spoke about this before, but I just seen an article about it. So I want to bring it back to your attention. Uh, governor Newsom, or I'm sorry, Governor Newsom signed Gavin Newsom, which is the governor of California. He signed into law for black Americans to be identified as a separate group to help support lineage based reparations claims. So what I've said before, they've determined that they're going to do the reparations task force that's been established in California has determined and through legislation and through voting and through a lot of hard work these sisters and brothers have had to put in, they've determined that the reparations that we do get, if we get it, when we get it, will be based on lineage, right? Not just someone coming in and saying, I'm two-thirds black, I'm a quarter black. Shit can get uh, confusing at that point. You know what I mean? So Governor Newsom signed a law for black Americans to, black Americans to be identified as a separate group to help support lineage-based lineage-based reparations claims. So this bill, Senate Bill 189, which was authored, which another reason why I'm mentioning this, because this is my brother, which was offered by my brother Chris Lodgson's organization, the Coalition for a Just and Equitable California, and championed by California State Assembly member Chris Holden. And this is according to a press release that was released by CJEC, right? So again, family, this is important. America owes us. If you are a black American who was born in this country, who has a uh, lineage in slavery. So if your great, great, great grandmother, great, great grandfather was a slave or a part of that history in this country, you were owed money, fam. I just reposted a video I did a while ago about the 40 acres in the mule debacle. And while we never got those funds, look, family, this government owes black Americans money. The owes black Americans something. When we look at the degradation we go through, systematic racism, every if you line up everything we've been through in this country, we've never gotten any type of bailout, like uh, 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 no type of situation where they've done something specifically for black Americans. Like they've tried little small things here and there, but anytime they create something, they put loopholes in it where everybody becomes a part of it. Everyone can benefit from said thing. You know what I mean? So it's important that we have that conversation. And I'm going to read here in a minute. Um, um, I'm going to read here in a minute other people in American history who's, who've gotten reparations, restitution, whatever you want to call it. You see what I'm saying? This is a serious claim that we have, y'all. And this is should be on everybody's radar. Like as black folks, all of us should take this shit serious. You know what I mean? Or show a vested interest in it because this will, this will 
in my opinion, the wealth gap that we see here in America, if black Americans are given reparations, let's talk about it real quick. Everybody makes the argument that, yes, there are a lot of us who go buy Jordans, who go buy nigga shit. That's just a part of American society. That's a part of the Negro mind, too. Like being in positions where you struggled for so long, if you finally get money and this is for anybody. Right. This is like economics one on one. If you've never had money, if you've never had resources and all of a sudden you're given a lump sum of money. Eight times out of 10, the individual is going to fuck the money over, regardless of your race. You see what I'm saying? But if we're dealing with black folks who didn't had to deal with adverse poverty or had to deal with never having certain type of nice things, it goes without saying that some black folks is going to spend their money on, what, on whatever they want. That's for all of us, even us who are business minded and have plans that we would do with the money. Even if that's your situation, you still may find yourself buying some shit you ain't never had before, right? That That's par for the course. But in any case, I think the bulk of us, a number of us, enough of us will do the right thing with this money where we're looking at more real estate, we're looking at more black businesses, when we're looking at money being transferred hand-to-hand in our community, us looking towards building more black Wall Street-type environments. I think all this shit can happen. Like, I'm not one of those dudes who think if – we get reparations, everybody just just, just going to go fuck their money off. I don't think that's the case. I, I know enough black people personally who, if given reparations, given a lump sum of money, land, whatever it is, they're going to do something that's going to better, that's going to be of the betterment of their family. And that's really what this shit is about. You feel me? So shout out to get to Governor Newsom for pushing this reparations thing in California forward. And, you know, so they're, they're, they're separating it. He he made the separation so we can't get another $5 Indian type of situation, right? The early 1900s, when Indians were being um, given basically reparations for what was done to them, they created something called a Dolls Rolls, right? On this Dolls Rolls, if you signed up and put your name on the Dolls Rolls, this will qualify you to get said thing, whether it be land, uh, money, whatever the case may be, right? But at the same time, knowing how some white folks do, a lot of white people put themselves on the list. Uh, they they paid $5 to put themselves on the list. This is why we see lily white men owning casinos you walk into a goddamn casino and ask to speak to the manager who owned it or who running this shit and it's gonna be a white man with blonde hair saying he two percent cherokee you know what i mean so to prevent that the steps that are being taken in california for reparations is important because to prevent that they said no this is going to be based on your lineage this is going to be based on if you had a mother or a father that was actually involved in the transatlantic slave trade. If you had a mother or a father who was a slave, you get some of the bread. You see what I'm saying? And they're going to break it down a little bit more specific than that. But this is important to me, fam. I'm excited. I think we're going to get it. I'm going to continue to have these conversations. I'm going to continue to talk to my brother, Chris Lodgson, who's on the inside, so to speak, um, working with the movers and shakers in California who where we can actually see, see this shit come to fruition. You feel me? So, because I get a lot of naysayers. Who tell me, Harrison, y'all don't y'all don't deserve y'all don't deserve reparations. Y'all need to pick yourself up by your bootstraps. America don't owe you nothing. America don't owe you nothing. America don't owe you nothing. I'm tired of hearing that shit, family. Let me go over a quick list of people, of of of, of groups of people in America that's been given funds for said negative thing that's transpired with their community. 
I got like, <laughs> shit, I got like 40 of them on here, but I'm going to go through a couple, right? Boom. In 1971, the United States gave $1 billion plus 44 acres of land to the Alaskan natives. This is a, this is for Indian tribes, right? Boom. 1976, the USA gave $2.3 million to the Ottawas of Michigan. Again, Indian tribes, right? 1980, the United States gave $81 million to the clan, the, the classmith, the, the claimants, which is another Indian, the claimants of Oregon, which is another Indian tribe, right? We talking $81 million. Boom. 1983, the United States gave $3.9 million to a three-mile island of a nuclear plant within a three-mile radius that had radiation victims, right? So look, they're, they're, there's a wrongdoing that take place. They pay up. 1985, the United States gave $105 million to the, to, to, to the Sox of South Dakota, another, um, another Indian tribe, right? 1986. The United States gave $32 million to the Ottawas of Michigan based on the 1839 treaty, right? So they're going back in history and giving people money based on some wrongdoing they done a long time ago. Fuck that. Where's my bread, right? Another one. Let me read a couple more. In 1990, $1.6 or $20,000 each was given to the Japanese Americans who was involved in when they were in internment camps, right? When they were treated unlawful when they were treated unlawful they were treated like subhumans right they were treated like shit the country decided to give them money for it family if you are a descendant of a slave in this country everything about your life like you can talk this pick yourself up by your bootstrap shit if you want to i'm not saying a person like a lot of us have become successful a lot of us have had family members who went through college and are doing everything they can in this country to be successful but if I look at the lineage of my family and a lot of families around me, I can show a direct link between slavery, Jim Crow, all of the at all of the adverse situations we've had to go through up until now. Right. We're still actually dealing with this shit now. If you look at the, the level of wealth we've obtained in this country, like compared to white, compared to other groups of people who've been here for a while, it's disparaging for a reason. Like there's a direct link to how we were treated, having these fucked up last names, not being able to move freely, not being able to live where we want. Like our, our existence in this country has been relegated, has been like touched on with a fine tooth comb. Like everything about our existence here, our schooling, our education, our financial structure, where we live, like I said, everything about being black in America can be linked to how we got here and everything we've had to go through. So yes, give me my goddamn money. You feel me? And I'm and that's like 15 other more um 15 other more situations that I can name that this country decided to give people money based on wrongdoing. As I named a lot with Indians, if you go up to 2020, we looking at like the $3.3 billion that was given for the COVID relief bill, right? So you say you don't have money for reparations. That's what a lot of people tell me. Where are we going to get the money from? How they, where are they going to put it from? What are they going to do to get it? Shit. When it was time for PPP loans, when it was time for the Ukrainians to get cash, when, look, when this country wants to pay a motherfucker, they pay them. Where the hell is my check? You feel me? So I'm going to continue to bring my brother Chris on the show. He'll continue to give us updates about what's been going on and shit. It's time to get paid. You feel me now?
Next thing I want to talk about real quick. This was big in the news, and I really wasn't going to say much about it, but I got a message to young black men, right? Excuse me. Let me bring this picture up real quick. I, I got a message to young black men because in our culture, let me see something here. Let me bring up something. Hold on one second. Hold on one second, family. Let me let me bring this up real quick. Let me bring this up real quick. Real quick. Boom. The, the brother Irv Gotti. Shout out to the brother Irv Gotti. Shout out to the drink champ. Shout out to Ja Rule. You know what I mean? Like in, in the early 2000s, I know Ja Rule get a lot of shit, but his style of music, right? Like how he, the melody driven hip hop, the singing on the records, this is something that he helped pioneer. Of course, there may have been people doing it before him, but he was really influential in ushering in that style of music. That brother made some classic records. He going to be able to tour and rap those songs, sing those songs for the rest of his life. That's a fact. Like what Murder, Inc. was able to do as a record label should be applauded. These black men um in a in a scandalous ass music business they was able to be successful despite like all of the hurdles they had to overcome right so i give them that like murder inc was a successful record label Irv still making money off of certain shit right but young black men the important this is a very teachable moment you feel me because sometime in our culture we get so hell bent on Chasing the bag, chasing the beautiful woman, chasing the nice things, right? And again, based on like the the slave mentality and all of the disenfranchisement so many of our families had to go through, I can understand this mentality to a degree, but it's a cost to it, right? And like the biggest thing I would want all young black men to understand, integrity who you are when nobody's looking, all these things are probably the most important attributes you can have as a man. Like Irv Gotti, again, shout out to that brother. I don't got no, I don't got no animosity towards that brother, no horrible shit to say about his record label, nothing like that. But, right? <laughs> but he is a prime example that one, having money, being successful financially, like people in society always try to talk about this in different ways. Like money don't make you happy, all this kind of shit. Well, it's really based on who you are as a person. If you're happy with yourself, money can make you happy. If you're happy with yourself, if you happy, if you're happy with who you are inside, who you are as a person, money can just elevate that. You're happy with your family. You're doing good with your family. You're, you're an integral person with your family. You treat people the right way. Money will elevate that. You'll treat people better. You'll have more resources to do all the things you think about. Money is a great fucking tool. It's a tool, though. You see? Because watching Irv Gotti on this Drink Tramps interview, it was evident that money doesn't change who you are as a person, though. Like, if you got a little sucker in your blood, you feel me? If you got a little... <laughs> you, you got a little... You got a little lame juice in your blood. That shit's going to be there. 
You see what I'm saying? Because this man, again, being on a show where you speak about a woman you used to have sex with 20 years ago. Now, if I understand, because for one, none of us knew about it, right? Like it was rumblings about what was going on. None of us knew about it. None of us needed to know about it, right? So on the show, if you bring it up briefly and then keep moving on, that's one thing. But he was harping on this situation, which lets you know money don't change who you are internally. If you are seeking validation, if you are seeking attention, if you one of these kind of niggas, money not going to change that. Because Irv just signed some type of deal where he getting 300 million. 100 of it is for him, 200 to go into future endeavors. I think for his masters or something like that. This is this is amazing, right? To me, you should be on the show talking about that. You should be on the show talking about ex explaining the kids how you were able to broker a deal like that. Explaining to the kids how much work you had to put in to put yourself in the situation where you could do some shit like that. But no, he wants to spend an hour and 15 minutes talking about Ashanti. But one, like I said, money don't change who you are internally. He's a prime example of that. Two, like we need to like some, and I'm gonna talk about this a little bit later too, but we need to start re-examining how we feel about shit. Like how we how we feel about disrespect, how we feel about getting heartbroken by a woman, right? Cause this just sounds like a heartbroken nigga. Just on, he just sounds like he's heartbroken. You know what I mean? I think Nori probably allowed him to talk about this a little bit longer than he should have, but this was a bad look, right? Everybody getting on Javaru about not stopping it quote unquote. And I do think he may could have said a few more things, but he tried. He did say, hey, don't call him a bitch. He was trying to reroute it, but I would have spoke up a little more and brought up something else so we can start going in a different direction. You know what I mean? But seeing Irv's energy at the time, he probably would have came back to the Ashanti shit. You see what I'm saying? So class, integrity, like the man code, not money don't change none of this shit just because you got money just because you got influence people people will tell you all the time that there are extremely rich people who are happy who are unhappy with their life and it ain't about the money at that point it's about not being happy e internally like you gotta look at yourself in the mirror on a day-to-day -day basis fuck how much money you got fuck how much access you have to things because at at a at a point Money is just giving you access to things like nice things, trinkets. People come around you because you got money. But if you're not whole internally, like if you don't know who you are, if you wouldn't be the same person without money, then you find yourself in situations like this where it's 20 something years later and you talking about a woman you had sex with who, by the way, it's like hella levels of disrespect to this. What if she's in a relationship right now? What if she didn't want motherfuckers to know? What if she in a position where she like, that was the past? I don't want nobody to know. And for the record, I was <laughs> a, a, still an a, a, a avid hip-hop fan at, at that time. Their relationship wasn't public. It wasn't public knowledge. They weren't on the red carpet together, right? They weren't on the red carpet together. They weren't hand-in-hand. Hand. They didn't do interviews together talking about their love. So why would you do some sucker shit like this? Why? Because it's internal. This is the internal problem this brother is having. And this is days after announcing he just brokered like some $300 million deal. This should be the conversation. You should be explaining to kids how you were able to put yourself in a position 
to broker this kind of deal, but you want to spend the hour being Bootsy talking about this goddamn girl. See? And to me, he would have kept talking about it if Nori didn't try to, like, reroute it into other shit. But young black men just know because we got a culture of young people that's just chasing the bag, chasing the money, making sure, like, money is over everything. And I'm telling you, family, you got to get rid of that shit. You find yourself in horrible positions when you look at finances that way. Because for young street dudes, you can wind up dead, you can wind up in jail, you can wind up just in a horrible situation that you can't get yourself out of, or you can <laughs> wind up like this nigga and be a sick puppy. You know what I mean? Where a woman just turns you down, basically. A woman says, I'm cool, I ain't fucking with you. And this is your response, see? So, I, uh, uh, again, I don't have any negative thing to say about Irv like that or Ja Rule, but it's, it's funny to me, though. Because also, something I don't like, right? A lot of a lot of times in hip hop, we got adjacent street niggas. Let me tell you what I mean by that. We got dudes who may have grown up in the hood or around the hood. If you black from certain areas, you gonna bump shoulders with a lot of people. You gonna be around a lot of shit that can be happening, right? But too often. These niggas confuse that for their personal level of participation. I'm tired of seeing dudes who are hood adjacent, who, who are street nigga adjacent, who find themselves in situation. And all of a sudden, Irv, when they're talking about, yeah, we had the guns. or Yeah, we had to do this and do that. Nigga, you probably wasn't doing nothing. See, I don't respect that. It's uh, Too many times in hip hop, we have certain rappers who get themselves into some shit. And then because they got homies who tough, or in his case, he got Supreme or some certified gangster nigga who right there with you, helping you out. Well, you can call it a friendship all you want, but a lot of times that's extortion, family. Like extortion don't look the way it do on TV all the time. It ain't just an aggressive ass nigga coming up to you, telling you, hey, you, you going to pay or else. Sometimes he comes with a handshake. Sometimes he comes with prior knowledge of a friendship y'all may have had. You guys may have known each other in passing. You see what I'm saying? But we will be lying. Or, or I would be remiss not to mention how when everything happened to Irv and them, they were using Supreme as like a muscle factor. This is what I witnessed. This is everything we were seeing about the situation. They use that man as kind of like a muscle factor. And then when the feds came, it's like, hey, I don't know what's going on. And, and granted, I don't like when the police get involved with any of our brothers. I don't trust those organizations and trust them to be 100 when it comes to how they proceed to do things. But you got to say you got to stay the fuck away from certain type of gangsters if that's not you. See? See, you can't you can't get the cachet of this man's street presence based on just by proximity. Like, I don't like that. I've seen too many times in hip hop when niggas do something, they'll say something. And when it comes time for action, your homeboys is handling it or the gangster around is handling it. You know what I mean? And this was a bad look for him. But it I revert back to watching them in the early 2000s. Right. Watching them in the early 2000s, watching how 50 Cent had them niggas shook. And my personal opinion, because you don't have to be a stand-up man to fight for yourself. 
or to represent yourself. Like just because you wasn't in the hood shooting and killing niggas don't mean you ain't a man who going to stand up for what's right. I get that. But all too often, rappers, people in the industry, they like to become cool with niggas who in the street. You too old for that. You too old for that. You in your mid 20s, 30s, it's too late. Them niggas been doing what they've been doing since they've been kids, little kids, 12, 13 years old. That's when you get involved in that in that lifestyle. Not at 27, not at 30 something. See? See? So when we got these rappers, we got Lil Wayne, we got Chris Brown. Look, there's there's two things going on here. If you befriend, if you move to LA and you befriend gangsters, there's a price that comes with that. Family, whether you're gonna pay monetarily. Or you're going to pay with your ass. You're going to pay with your time. You're going to end up paying. A smart man will tell you to get the fuck away from that shit because you can be cool with people, right? A lot of us grew up in the hood that wasn't involved in street shit, but we were cool with the dudes who was. That's a quick conversation, though. It's, what's up? How you doing? Yeah, we can chill for five minutes. Then we out, right? You stay around that shit. You show up at the club with them. You show up in spots with them. People are going to start associating you with the same shit. That's a bad look. And that speaks to your level of integrity. That speaks to your level of manhood when you in a position where you feel you need the, su the support or the protection or the whatever from another group of men. Like I said, a lot of times I see rappers get in this shit with people and then they think they hard because they had homeboys that went and done some shit for them or somebody that just respects you because one, you pan or two, you just come from the same neighborhood. That don't mean you tough because you got motherfuckers do, putting in work for you. That don't mean you tough at all. You see what I'm saying? I don't respect that. I don't respect dudes that come from neighborhoods like that. If you're not willing to do what you just sent him to do, I don't respect you at all. So this could just be karma. Like, listen, this is another reason why I like podcasts and I like these avenues because we need to hear people talk. If you talk for long enough, I'm going to know what you about. You see what I'm saying? That's why I watch certain interviews. That's why I tap into certain. Of course, sometimes it's entertaining, but it's telling, too, because Irv, that was some sucker shit. Bottom line. An hour and a half speaking about this woman, calling her bitches, being disrespectful. She's not there to defend herself. It's a room full of men. This is all awkward behavior. But it shows money can't unlame a lame, and that's a fact, and that's truth. So young men, quit chasing money. I talk about this all the time. Chase your purpose. Or like my brother Jermaine Moore say, don't chase your purpose. You got to just live your purpose. You see what I'm saying? Everything else going to work out for you. But he and I've and, and and I tell young people all the time about entertainers, about rappers, people who we see as quote unquote influencers. That don't mean these niggas is cool in real life. That don't mean it's a person you'd want to hang around with in real life. Sometime he just a dude with money. You may get around some of these dudes and be like, damn, he kind of bootsy. He kind of weird, even. You know what I mean? But he got money, so that brings respect. See, that's some black American shit right there, where we look at people who got money and we idolize them for that fact, right? Without separating the money from the man. Yes, at times, a lot of times, to be successful financially, you have to do a lot of sacrificing. You have to put yourself in a position where it's sleepless nights. You have to dedicate yourself to something. That's the part that I respect dedicating yourself to something and being successful at it i fuck with that but 
just because you do that don't mean you're cool. Don't mean it's somebody, don't mean you somebody I want my son to be like. You see what I'm saying? So Earth played itself by by and and again, tact is an unused art in our society sometimes. You know what I mean? Because he could have spoke about some of these things and been much more tactful, but you show up to the interview, you're wearing the watch he bought you. This is sucker shit. And it's and it's neglectful, right? It's it's she he was disrespectful, he was neglectful, like that her mama could have been watching, right? What if her mama didn't know y'all was fucking around? Right? What if her new dude didn't know y'all was fucking around? Like, but that's not your business to go telling everybody. That's like some kiss and tell shit. If you do that, you will do a lot to me. You know what I mean? That's that's that says a lot about his character, but that's not on earth because young people need to realize this is just celebrities to a degree. Like just because somebody made money, just because somebody made a way for him and his family don't mean he can't be a sucker. Right. Don't mean he a dude you want to hang around. Right. So shout out to Ashanti, like shout out to Irv. Even he just got that big deal. I think it's like 300 something million for his, for his royalties or for his publishing, whatever it may be. I'm not sure the the correct terminology, but Shout out to that brother. He was he was a successful music mogul, but that interview with Ashanti, that was cringeworthy. Very entertaining, yet yet cringeworthy. You feel me? So, next thing I want to talk about before I get out of here, before I get out of here. So we talked about the reparations being lineage based. That's a great thing, family. So Black Americans in this country, um, excuse me, California being the first, they're going to issue. Or the reparations task force will, they're going to continue their process. But now I read the article to you that is based on lineage. So basically you have to be an African-American or a black American that can trace your lineage back to slavery, which I think there's a census and there's a, eight, a census in the 1800s, which can help do that. But again, they've done a whole bunch with a lot less. So they can find out this information if they want to. And I'm hopeful that we will get reparations. So everybody who's saying that we can't, all you black folks who hit me telling me that we don't need reparations, that we need to pick ourselves up by a bootstrap, uh, uh, America don't owe you shit. That's your ego talking, family. That's your ego talking. America helps. Did you know that? I just read six or eight, six or eight different instances where the United States gave cash money, reparations, restitution, whatever you want to call it, to individuals that was harmed in this country based on America's doing. That's all it's about. Like, this is business. This shit ain't personal. And I'm always going to feel this way. What our ancestors had to go through, the fact that my last name is Anderson, who the fuck is that? That's that's a slave owner, family. We got last names Anderson, Smith, Johnson. Who are, what? What? If we are to believe that we are stolen Africans that was shipped over here. Everything about our heritage has been ripped, ripped away from us. Now we got soul food as black culture and all this shit we had to create once we got here, all this shit we had to create out of necessity, right? More, more than most of the meals associated with soul food was based on the shit we couldn't eat based on the slop they threw out in the back to us. We took minimal and turn that shit into what we see today. This is why we're so great. This is why they know if they gave us reparations, if they gave us money, most of us is going to turn that shit into a miracle. You feel me? So I'm going to have a brother Chris back on the show in a few more weeks. We're going uh, to keep talking about it. Last thing I want to talk about, family. So, hey, hold on one second. 
and go to the website, familymentalatedcombo.com. Go to the website. I've been working hard on the website. Everything you can find, all the shows, information about history, everything that I do can be found on the website. That's melanatedcombo.com. Last thing we're going to talk about. Hold on one second. So the brother y'all see on the screen. Hold on one second. Let me put him on. Let me put him on the screen right there. Boom. Okay, so this brother's name is Mike Hickman, right? This brother's name is Mike Hickman. Um, I'm gonna play y'all a video, a real quick video. This now what happened at the game? Basically, this is a youth uh, pop Warner football game. The brother Mike Hickman ends up getting shot. Right now, it it's one of the reasons why it's making news, and this is unfortunate for this football player. But the football player, Aqib Talib, Aqib Talib, his brother is supposed to be the shooter. So I don't like the fact that I'm seeing a lot of news articles and publications, and they're putting his brother's picture next to the killers. That's not or next to the brother who got killed. That's not cool. I mean, just because you were in the league before, I know that helps sell papers and helps put all the information out there but this brother shouldn't be uh a, they shouldn't associate with him him with this killing so closely because if you look real quickly it'll look like he did it right they put in his picture right next to the dude who got killed that's tacky how news outlets choose to do shit these days but we know how it is right so i'm gonna play a quick video let me see something real quick here i'm gonna play a quick this video does not show the shooting, but it kind of shows what leads up to it. And again, this picture, I wanted to put this picture here. This brother name is Mike Hickman, because before we get into everything that, that transpired, like always, when somebody black get killed, this brother was a coach for hella years. He was an ex-athlete himself. I think he played D1 football. The, the, the uh, people who loved him, the information is pouring in about who this gentleman was, right? So again, another black man killed. And usually, right, some of the news stories I report, we're talking about police killing us. We talk about niggas being in the hood, doing shit, right, shooting at each other, all this type of shit. But this situation happened at an area that's supposed to be sacred, right? Right? So how we, how we handle disrespect as black men is really time to reexamine that, family. Right. Because the goal was to teach these kids the game of football to help them in life. Right. But all too often, even like all all races to a degree, we see people with football games and they doing too much. I've been I, I've never went too far, but I've been the kind of parent to a degree that put too much stock in what my kid does from an athletic perspective. Right. And I guarantee you this is some black shit. Like, I've been at games upset that my son's not performing, and there's a white parent next to me whose kid may be good, may not be good, but their conversations about the sport, this is just a game. He's just playing. He just out there having fun. They ain't talking about getting to the NFL, getting to the NBA. Some, of course, there's kids of other races who are good, and their parents begin having these conversations, but primarily that's, primarily that's some black shit. You see what I'm saying? Hold on one second, family. Let me plug this in. Primarily, that's some black shit. So we, we it's it's past time that we start re-examining how we look at youth sports, 
how we treat disrespect, of course, but how we look at you sports. I'm going to play a video real quick. Let me take Mike's pictures off. And RIP to this brother, man. He had a family. I don't know how many kids he got, but he got a family. He got a mama. He got a woman. He got cousins. He got – look, we are quick to pull our gun on another black man. All of us are well aware of this, right? The day that we transfer this energy – and say, okay, you look like me, I'm going to start this process with love. If you outside of my community and you do something to one of us, then I'm going to have a short fuse. You see what I'm saying? Our short fuse only, it's only on us. It's only on us. We don't see videos of niggas whooping cops ass. We don't see niggas pulling up to a house of a cop or individual who done something wrong to somebody black. We don't see that. Like, we need to be honest. We don't see that. Now, we've seen black men kill each other at clubs, drive-bys, all this old shit. Now we see it at the football games, too. This is based on how we handle disrespect, family. Look, I'm not for any type of violence, but we got young kids watching. Some of these young kids will never play football again. Some of these young kids, you've ruined their, their, their athletic experience for their life. You ruined it. And then we lucky only this brother was lost right you shooting around kids give me give me the psychology behind this type of behavior right got a whole bunch of niggas with no daddies whole bunch of niggas who had to go through not being loved not being given the correct opportunities in life whether it be through poverty whether it be through their neighborhood so the slightest thing is gonna set them off you see what i'm saying but at this point when we see older black men conducting themselves like this Ain't too much we can do as a community, but the kids, you feel me? But the kids, the youth, all of us got to say so when it comes to the youth. Because, again, I'm sure these coaches signed up to coach to be helpful to the young kids in the community. And there's a plus to that. Like being a coach, being a young black people, seeing a black man in any kind of position of authority is a great thing. Right. But we need to look at the statistics on how many of these kids gonna actually go to the pros. How many of these kids will actually be able to take this talent to the next level? So more than anything, you're building character for life, not for football, right? But let me show you this real quick because we see this all the time where you don't get the call you want or you coach it on the sideline and all of a sudden the shit becomes something personal. You know what I mean? You damn near forget there's kids around because you got a, pro uh, because you got a point to prove. Hold on one second. And again, shout out to this brother's family. I hate that everybody involved, like we need to realize when shit like this happened, everybody who had to witness this can be considered traumatized, right? Like ain't some of these parents ain't never going back to that field after after witnessing some shit like this. So hold on one second. Let me play as much of this video as I can. I, this don't show the shooting, but it kind of shows what led up to it. Let me see. Hold on one second. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Let me rewind it a little bit. Hold on one second. I'm going to take my volume. Hey, 
So that's as much of the video that's been made available to the public, rightfully so. But something else I was thinking about, right? So we look at, they. he was upset at the call. Nothing's wrong with that part. I, I'm, I've been a coach. If you're passionate about the game you coaching, I get it. You want to get the call right. But going after the other coach, now we're now we talking something else. See, because look, your, <laughs> your ass didn't make it to college to play football. You didn't make it to the pros. Don't put this pressure on your baby. This is what be happening a lot of times, family. Let's be honest. You got a regular fucking job. You missed your opportunity to be the sports star that you wanted to. Now you're putting all this pressure on your baby, and that goes over into how we treat the refs, how we treat the other coaches. Everybody should really be having fun and teaching these kids, right? Another thing I just noticed, they got into a scuffle in the background. The dude is arguing about the call whatever you can calm down from that point in the background they start fighting gunshots went off 12 seconds later who in the fuck got a gun at the baby's game see i'm look black men do you know the energy you create when you leave the house with a fucking gun man i'm trying i be trying to tell the young dudes around me if you this is like manhood one-on-one to me if you gotta go somewhere right Anywhere in your city, you got to go visit. You got to go buy something. You got to go to an activity, right? If you feel you need a gun to go there, cancel the trip. <laughs> Simple as that. Cancel the trip. Because if you're a real man, your mind, you're thinking, if I ever pull this motherfucker, I got to use it, right? So this, this black man, because they... The NFL player's brother, I think his name is Yakub Talib. I think his name is Yakub Talib. He's the suspected shooter. I think he just turned himself in or whatever the case may be. Now he got to sit in jail thinking about thinking about what just happened. I got into an argument with a nigga at a kid football game and I killed him. Think about the anguish he's going to have to live with for the rest of his life. Not just regret because we understand when something like that happens, you become regretful. But when someone is killed like this, family, it's a domino effect that affects a lot of people. Yeah, we're looking at the brother who passed away. We're looking at the brother who shot him, right? But all the kids, all your family members, everybody around, and not just for the brother who's dead, but the brother who did the shooting too. That's what people don't realize. When something like this happened, we just lost two lives. Because the brother who did the shooting, he probably going to be in jail forever, which adversely affects his kids his mama his grandmama they ain't never really ever gonna be able to see him again on the street so he not dead but he dead like like that's what the penitentiary is like when you got a family member who doing hella time in the pen it's a real awkward um uncomfortable situation at times because they're alive you know they're alive you know where they at you can possibly go see them. You can possibly talk to them, but they can't be involved in nothing regarding your life for the rest of their lives. This is a horrible ass situation to be in. So this one in this that that five seconds, because think about it. If if, if they would have just fought, that's not cool fighting in front of them kids. I get it, right? But 
I'm starting to tell niggas now, everybody just start fighting. Just just start fighting after after a quick squabble. Think about this. After a quick squabble. Kids witness it. Now, this is horrible, but let's go worst case. If kids witness the squabble after the fight, y'all get up and shake hands. You just move mountains. You just that was the lesson of the day. Right. If we trying to teach these kids something, y'all could have stepped. Y'all could have stepped to the side like men and fought for a few for a few minutes because fights don't last that long. Y'all could have fought for a few minutes, shook hands, showed the kids that came back and got to it. What do you think that message would have went to kids? What y'all just did. Y'all might as well been on the streets shooting. This, this was some street shit, but on the field. You see what I'm saying? And the fact that somebody had a gun that was that readily available, that tells me a few things. I don't know if this game was in a neighborhood that's undesirable. I don't know if he felt I'm going to have problems with the coaches on the other side. Whatever the case may be, you should only bring a gun when you're ready to kill. And in this situation, right, all these people around, he lucky he just shot him. He could have shot a little. We see all the time five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds getting shot because niggas is neglectful with pistols. It, it, a gun is really just should be used to protect your family. Or if you have a vendetta with a man who done something to you, because that's something we don't factor in like i'm not i'm just looking at things from, from from both perspectives here we always factor in someone was shot the killer is in jail he's wrong he took that mother's son took his kids from him whatever the case may be right sometimes we don't know what these niggas got going on sometimes we don't know what he did to homeboy right that's an actual thing family we looking at who got killed it was wrong Mama get on the news, my baby, my baby, my baby. Well, sometimes your baby was a goddamn animal out here. And he didn't made somebody else mama cry. You see what I'm saying? So the internal problem some of these brothers be having, I don't like to see it, but some of that shit ain't none of our business, right? But this instance, we see what happens in five to 10 seconds of a lapse in judgment. Feeling disrespected, right? Because we seen they was arguing. They went from arguing to fighting. They picked up the little stick. They do the first downs with. They get to hitting each other. Within five seconds, the pistols come out. Where are we trying to go? Because on my show, I'm talking about reparations. I'm talking to all these inspirational people to try to inspire the family. Where are we trying to go? That behavior is never going to get us there. Because, look, when we talk violence, and getting to a point of being violent, right? Especially being black folks. Look how many people outside of our community project violence onto us on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it be overtly, whether it be covertly, we're always getting something negative happen to us, whether it be by cops, vigilantes, whoever the case may be, right? Never do we take this same kind of venom for people outside of our community. So at some point, we're going to have to start re-examining how we handle disrespect. Nigga stepping on your shoe. Nigga calling you a bitch. Saying suck my dick. All these different disrespectful cloaks that we have that we go against each other with. Which, How much of this shit is worth killing each other over? You see? So I just want to bring that point up to the family, man. Mike Hickman is the brother's name. R.I.P. to that brother. 
I feel bad for his family, for his children. I feel bad for all the young kids because we got to look. This, these were kids that looked like they're about between 9 and 12 years old. I feel bad for all the young kids who was at this game excited about playing football. And now some of them, whether it be through the parents doing or just how they feeling, they'll never go back to playing this sport. Never, for sure, not with this league in particular. You see what I'm saying? And even in my city, excuse me, even in my city, there are a lot of football organizations ran by ex-street dudes. And I'm all for that. Like these dudes are using football as a vehicle to kind of reinvent themselves kind of do some good in some of these neighborhoods they spent years fucking up see so i understand that concept and i but i also see just to keep it real i ain't never seen nothing like that happen but i also see a lot of them take that same vigor that they had in the street and apply that to football some of them take the same vigor because some of them were extremely good as kids right extremely good as kids then they found themselves in street shit they had to go to the pen for a whole bunch of years so like i said earlier they're now living through the kids whether it be their own kids or just kids they're recruiting and they're using that type of energy because i see a lot of coaches recruiting kids doing whatever they gotta do and i can tell that because he got on this little championship shirt he got on this little ring they gave him last year like he he's he's prideful in the youth sport program he's been able to create, but it's more of a personal uh, bravado. He can brag to the other coaches. He can brag around town to a degree. I'm like, damn, what the fuck do any of that got to do with these kids? Because I understand winning, and I'm a competitive, damn near asshole on the basketball court. But as I get older, I'm realizing competing is it. Yeah, but the qualities in which sports help create for young people, like the integrity, the teamwork, the working with a time frame, right? Working together in different instances. All of this is beneficial. But black parents, don't think sports is the only place your kids can learn this, right? Because we, we, we put way too much on youth athletes at time. And like I said, other races of people don't do that. So let's have the same vigor about technology. Let's have the same vigor about your kid being a damn lawyer, your kid running his own business. We're going to fight over that. We're going to shoot over that. You see what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, y'all had a goddamn peewee football game where y'all should be worried about teamwork and making sure you got the hamburgers ready or the goddamn Capri Suns, whatever you're going to have after the fact. You see what I'm saying? So RIP to that brother, man, but that's unfortunate, and this is – being black in America, coming from hood environments, this is the kind of temperament that we have to deal with. And the only way it's going to change as far as the youth is concerned, as far as the next generation is concerned, is when the adults begin to look at recontextualizing how we view all this shit so we can teach the kids the right way. Because, again, those kids will be traumatized. We'll, we'll, we'll be lucky if any of them decide to go back to playing that sport. You see? Because what happened went way out of control, way out of control. Now, this brother's gone, and I'm seeing all these posts about how for 20 years he's been coaching and helping all these kids. This is tragic, family. So we 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 continually have both things happening to us, right? We have the systematic racism that, fa- that we have to face every day, whether it be in the workplace, whether it be with the police, whether it be in your neighborhood. We can't escape that. And then some of us got to go back to the neighborhood we grew up in and, and, and deal with niggas who – 
manage disrespect in their ego in this way. You see what I'm saying? So, man, we got a lot of work to do in our community, family, but it's going to be on the adults. Like, the adults have the power to change the narrative of how these kids think and how these kids operate with one another. You feel me? So go to the website, man, mentallyatacombo.com. Do me a favor and watch the last interview with my brother Chris Lodgson, the interview about reparations. He's a part of CJEC, the Coalition for a Just and Equitable California, who is on the front line and making sure California get reparations. So go watch that interview. Check out the website. The Instagram page is Melanated Convo 100. Melanated Convo 100 is the Instagram page where you can follow the show. This is your brother Harrison. I'm out.